Let's pray. How great is your love. How majestic is your name. And how wonderful this good Friday is. Certainly it is good. Lord, as we have sung, as we have reflected upon your word, as we have sung songs of reflection, I pray, O oh Lord, that you would soften our hearts to receive your word, to receive your truth, and may it bear much fruit. In Jesus' name. Please turn in your Bibles to Isaiah 53. And if you don't have a Bible this morning, uh, the ushers are coming down to uh, provide you a Bible. And if you don't own a Bible, uh, please feel free to keep the Bible. Uh, it's our gift to you. So I don't know if, about you, but uh, there are certain things that when I carry it, it's really heavy. And I don't, I don't want to keep carrying it. I don't know if you've ever carried anything that is so heavy that you just wanted to let, let it go, put it down. I was backpacking through um, the Grand Canyon about uh, uh, seven years ago with a, about 20 of my friends. We went down about 15 kilometers and then came back up about 15 kilometers. And on our way back, I remember just carrying a 60-pound backpack. And the, the thing that just kept coming to my mind is, was, when can I just take this off? It, it stayed with me the whole time, every step of the way. I tried adjusting the straps just to ease the, the, the pain or the, 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 the weight on the shoulders. It didn't help. When I got to the top, it was 12.30 a.m. in the morning. Just imagine going through the Grand Canyon in the night. But after, oh my 20, 20 friends are there, and I'm just taking it off, and I'm thinking, wow, it's done. It's finished. You see, all of us have had burdens. Many of you sit here with heavy burdens. And some of you may not have them right now, but at some point in your life, there will be burdens. And sometimes the burdens of life are constantly weighing us down. And when we have to carry them and bear them, it is too much. It sometimes seems unbearable. But there's good news. Let's read Isaiah 53, verse 4 to 6. Let's read it together. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with his stripes we are healed. All we, like sheep, have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity 
of us all. The main idea of this message is that Jesus Christ carried our burdens so that we would never have to carry them again. Jesus Christ carried our burdens so that we would never have to carry them again. In this passage, we see that Jesus Christ carried the burden of our griefs and sorrows. He carried the burden of our griefs and sorrows. Isaiah was written about 650 years before Christ's birth. And this chapter looks forward to the death of Jesus Christ. Isaiah was also uh, considered the best of of, of Hebrew poetry. It was even better than the Psalms. And chapter 53 is the clearest depiction of the gospel in the Old Testament. And so we know that when Jesus Christ carried the burden of our grief and sorrows, Isaiah is here depicting and showing us how he did it. The verse here says, Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. You see, there's something about bearing the weight of something heavy, right? So if I were to, if I were to pick up two 50-pound dumbbells, I could stand here for a minute, two minutes. I'd like to say more, but probably I can't. I won't be able to. Um, when I was younger, I could, but but if you were to tell me that I would, uh, I, 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 bearing the weight is heavy, but if you were to tell me to walk across the parking lot and come back, I don't know, that's really heavy. I don't think I could do that. You see, in Hebrew poetry, we see a progression. He bore our griefs. And he carried our sorrows. So to the extent that he did it, he, he, he made sure that, that he was able to carry and, and fulfill that responsibility. He carried our sorrows. The word griefs here is mentioned quite a few times in the Old Testament and it's translated sickness. And some translations you might have is illness or sickness. About 12 times it's translated that way. And about four times it's translated griefs. And all I can say about this is that, the, that there is grief with sickness. Right? Whether you are sick or others are sick, there is grief. And there's grief for many other reasons. Right? Grief over uh, someone's death. Grief over uh, a debilitating disease. So there is grief. And then there's another word, sorrows. Grief and sorrows are similar, but not exactly the same. You see, sorrows has a lot to do with our wrongdoing. There is sorrow over our wrongdoing. There is sorrow over other people's wrongdoing. There is sadness and sorrow over circumstances that go wrong. And there is sorrow over things that are devastatingly sinful. You see, sorrow comes when things go wrong. 
or don't go the way that you expect. We have all felt that way. We have all experienced sorrow, sadness, grief, and pain. Good news is that Jesus experienced that as well. Matthew chapter 26, verse 38. We see him in the Garden of Gethsemane, and he says these words. Some translations say it differently. My soul is grieved, deeply grieved, deeply sorrowed, even to the point of death. You see, Jesus understands. He went through it. And he carried that burden. He carried your sorrows and your griefs. This past week, as I've been reflecting on the message, the thing that jumped out at me was this verse. Christ carried my sorrows, my grief. There's not one aspect of my life, there's not a square inch of me that has not been covered by God Almighty through the cross. He carried my sorrows, he carried my griefs, and he did it all at the cross. There's so much finality in that. He suffered alone. He suffered in our place. He dealt with every aspect of our need. With all of our sorrows and our griefs and our sicknesses and the moral and spiritual wrongs that caused those sorrows and griefs. And the good news is he carried them for us. The second portion of this verse, look at, uh, with me to the second portion. It says, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. So the prophet Isaiah here is saying that Jesus Christ, the prophesied Messiah in the future, has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. But there's a problem here. We. Who is the we? Isaiah is prophesying to the kingdom of Judah. And so the we is talking about the Israelites. It's talking about the Jews. Yet we, the Jews, esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. In John chapter 19, verse 7, this is right when they were, the Jews were shouting, crucify him, crucify him. It was at that time that the Jews said, we have the law. And the law says to, to um, put to death anyone who calls himself the son of God. And pretty much they were saying, Jesus Christ is a blasphemer. He, 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 he says he is God, but he is not. And so he deserves death. He deserves death. But nothing could be further from the truth, right? He did not deserve death. Every one of us deserves death and eternal separation from God. But because Christ took on the penalty for our sin... He suffered and died for us, even though he didn't deserve it. And the amazing thing about this is that he voluntarily died, gave his life for you and me. You might ask, what do you mean, like, in terms of 
burdens and in terms of sorrows. I still have sorrows. I still have burdens. I still have griefs. What does it mean that Jesus carried them? Well, this verse is not saying that you will never have sorrows nor griefs. It just simply says that Jesus carries your sorrows and griefs. So you don't need to carry them on your own. It's, the, it's one thing to go through life with sorrows and griefs and carry them on your own. It's another to, to know that Christ has carried your griefs and sorrows at the cross. And it truly is a matter of trusting in his love and grace for you. You see, we live in a broken world, grief, sorrow-filled world. It's because the earth is cursed and there is sin. And there's an even greater reason why Jesus had to die on the cross. We see this in the next verse. You see, Jesus carried the burden of our sin and guilt, verse 5. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with his stripes we are healed. Jesus not only carried our griefs and sorrows. Let's take it to another level. The most foundational level that we can ever get to. Is that we need a solution for our sin and guilt. Before a holy God. We need a solution. And this is why Isaiah is so clear. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. You see, the word here, wounded, really means pierced. He was cut through. He was nailed to a cross. He bled and he died for you and for me. The word here, crushed, means to, to break into pieces, to, to be torn apart, to be destroyed. You know, Jesus was beaten. He was bruised. He was mocked. He, he was spat upon. He was scourged. He was pierced. There was damage to his liver, kidneys, heart, back, head, feet, arms, hands, wrists, and side. He was torn apart. He was crushed for our iniquities. There's a big difference between, well, there's a difference, not a big difference, but there's a difference between transgressions and iniquities. You see, transgressions is, 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 is literally to trespass. So you have an imaginary line here. It's the holy standard of God, and God has this holy standard. He, he, he wants you to walk according to that standard. He doesn't want you to cross that line, but we so often cross that line, don't we? And not only that, we, we kind of get close to the line and then we back up and we say, is that too close? Is it, I mean, I, as long as I stay, and then we cross over and then we come back and then cross over and come back. And then we justify our actions by saying, well, we're back and then we're over there and we're back and, 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 and it's okay. But God has told us in his word that, hey, we are all transgressors and we have to admit it. We have to recognize this. We have sinned against the holy God. We have done things that are morally wrong before him. You've sinned against each other as well. Against your families. 
against your coworkers, ultimately against the holy God. So transgressions is crossing the line. Iniquities goes further. It's even a deeper problem here. Iniquities is crossing the line and, and walking around in the no trespass zone as if you belong in it. And that's what iniquity is. Is like, I recognize there's a line, but I'm just going to cross it and I don't care. I don't care who I'm responsible to. I'm just going to walk in it. And all along, God is saying, that is what I died for. Your iniquity, your rebellion, your sinfulness, your heart of unbelief. He died for you. He was pierced. He was wounded for our transgressions. You see, trespassing in the no trespass zone, it is willful, premeditated sin, rebellion against God. And I, and I, would, I would say it this way, at least for what I know, is that we all want to believe in ourselves. We want to believe that our pleasure is the highest good for ourselves. And ultimately, we want to believe in this world. And that's the problem. That's the problem for you and for me. But once we recognize that that's the problem, we have to run to the solution, right? We have to run to the solution. Because Jesus Christ not only bore our sins... He not only carried our sins on his shoulders, but he was punished for our guilt. And that's why it says there, Jesus carried the burden of our sin and guilt. Because the, the wages of sin is death, right? There's got to be, if you, are, if you are sinning against the holy God, there's going to be a result. You're guilty, you stand guilty before holy God. So Jesus had to take care of two things. And the two things were sin. He carried it. And he had to deal with the punishment, which was our guilt. We stand guilty. So he had to be punished. He was the substitute in our place. When all of us should be condemned to hell and apart from him, he stood there. So that whoever believes in his name will never perish but have everlasting life. That's the goodness of the gospel. That's the goodness of the gospel. Christ had to suffer a cruel and painful death. Not just as a result of the sins of people but in place of people. He was our substitute. He carried and bore our sins. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 21. He who knew no sin became sin. For us. And God punished his own son in our place. Hebrews 9.22 says, without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sin. And that's why in the Old Testament, they had all these sacrifices. Because there was a sacrificial system that pointed to the Lamb of God. And, and, and without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sin. Which means that without death, there can be no right standing before God. Something needs to die in payment in order for a right relationship to be restored. 
And we praise God that he sent his only son for us so that whoever believes in him will have a right relationship with with him. With God. We have lots of burdens. A lot of burdens. And sometimes it's represented by something really heavy. Two backpacks, four big problems and burdens. I'd like to ask Phil to come up and carry these. So I'm going to put on Phil the the first one. And now the second one. Are you okay? <laughs> now, can you just walk around for a little bit while I preach? Okay, on to the next point. Now, now I don't know about you, but this, this is really cumbersome. And, 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 I mean, I know Phil's a strong guy, so he could probably handle, like, you know, a good five minutes. No, I, that wasn't, I, I meant that as... <laughs> Or longer. (laughs) But just imagine carrying this for the rest of your life. You see, if you're not a Christian here today and you don't have a true relationship with Jesus Christ, this is what happens. Is that you carry those burdens on your shoulders and you know it every single day. Sin and guilt, grief and sorrow, and you have no relief whatsoever. But if today your prayer is to let go and trust Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, what happens is that you begin to walk towards the cross. And then you lay those burdens down. You see, at the cross, that's where the burdens lie. It's final. It's final. You see, God brought punishment to his own son. And that's why in the next verse it says here, upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. There's two realities of one who has faith in Jesus Christ. One who has faith in Jesus Christ is one who has recognized that the punishment was, was for, 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 um, uh, for, for a reason. For peace and for healing. The word here, peace, um, is, is the word shalom, which means inner peace in the Hebrew. But however, you can't have inner peace unless you have relational peace, Right? And ultimately, we need that relational peace with God. That's why in Romans chapter 5, verse 1, it says, Therefore, we've been justified by faith. And we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Romans chapter 5, verse 1. So there's peace with God. 
That's what the punishment of Christ accomplished, is now we have access to God. Now we have, before we did, we're enemies of God, and now we have a perfect relationship with God because of what Jesus Christ has done on our behalf. And not only that, we have healing. It says here, by his stripes we are healed. Healing here is not referring to physical healing. But it's referring to a restorative spiritual salvation. A restored relationship with God. Because in verse 6, in verse 6 it says this. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. So the problem here is that we need, we need forgiveness. We need healing. We need a restored relationship with God. So in this passage, it's not necessarily talking about physical healing. It's talking about a spiritual healing. It's a healing in this relationship with God that has been tarnished, that has been, that has been separated by sin. Because all along, we like sheep have gone astray, each to his own way. But Christ poured down God poured down his wrath on his son so that we could have peace and a healed and restored relationship with God. Some, might, some people might say, well, what about physical healing? Well, physical healing is absolutely what God does. Isn't it true? And throughout the, all the scriptures, right? But in this passage, just talking about the atonement, what Jesus Christ did for us was to pay the penalty for our sin and to restore to us a relationship with God so that one day when we face uh, the holy God, we have faith in Christ and we have new restored bodies. No more pains, no more sorrow, no more grief, no more tears. And ultimately, we will be in heaven with him. So the healing he's talking about here is not, not physical in a sense, but it's more, it is spiritual. It is spiritual. Because the Bible doesn't say, for the wages of sin is sickness and the gift of God is healing. Romans 6.23 says, for the wages of sin is death. And the gift of God is eternal life. So what we're talking about here is the, is the, the problem of sin is being dealt with by, by the cross so that we can have a restored relationship with God in eternity with perfect bodies. Now whether or not we get healed now is all up to the Lord's blessing before, before we see him. But whether we get healed or don't get healed, the bottom line is this. We have a relationship with God and we can glorify him in this world. In the midst of what we go through. Whether we get healed or not. You see, the, the key issue is not about healing. The key issue here is do you have a relationship with Jesus so that you can glorify him no matter what situation you go through. Whether you are healed or whether you have stayed in sickness for a while. It's a restored relationship with God. And finally, Jesus carried our burdens so that we can return to God. So that we can return to God. In verse 6 here, 
As we, like sheep, have gone astray, we turned everyone to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Here's, here's the issue. When I was in Chicago a few months ago, um, I, know, I know Chicago, I would say, relatively okay, well. My wife doesn't think so, because what happened was when we were driving and I thought I knew the way I got lost, but I didn't want to recognize that I got lost, so I kept going and taking right turns, and then, you know, going right turn, right turn, right turn, and I kept going back to the same spot, and I was like, wait a second, I should know this better, and, but I just kept going, because, you know, there's one thing to be lost, and, and it's another thing to just keep going and going on your own way when you're lost. And that's exactly the, the, the condition of our heart. Listen, the condition of our heart. We, are, we, are, we have a natural tendency to go astray from God and walk in our own way. But Jesus carried our burdens on the cross so that we can return to him. And let me tell you this morning, if you haven't returned to him, you can return to him. If you're not a believer here and you're listening to this for the first time, you can return to God. And maybe it's the aching of your soul to return to God and have a relationship with him this morning. Not only that, we see in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 24 and 25, he himself bore our sins in his body on a tree, that we might die to sin and live and to righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed. Once again, it's talking about a righteousness that, that, that needs to replace our sin, right? In, ver, in verse 25, for you were straying like sheep, but now you have returned to the shepherd and an overseer of your souls. You see, in Isaiah chapter 53, verse 6, it was before the cross. And then Peter here is speaking after the cross. So in verse 6 he was speaking about how all like sheep have gone astray. Each turned to his own way. But Christ has laid, God has laid on Jesus the iniquity of us all. And now in First Peter he is saying you've gone astray like sheep. But you now have the Savior who, is, who died and rose again. And now you can return to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. So the good news is that you can return. You can return. You don't have to be lost. You don't have to stay lost. You can turn back to God. And not on your own merit. Not on every, anything that you've done, but on everything that he has done. Everything that he has done on the cross. Every burden that he has carried on the cross for you. So maybe this morning, you're like, I'm a sheep. I've gone astray. I've done so many things against God, he probably won't accept me. But I have good news. He knows everything you've done. And he carried all that guilt. And he carried all that shame. And he carried all those griefs. And he carried all those sorrows. And so today, I urge you to believe and trust in him. Trust in what the Bible is saying. 
Trust that Jesus Christ is Lord and he is your Savior. If you just turn to him by faith, you will be saved. Anyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Some of you have been a believer for a long time, Christian for a long time. And you might wonder, what does this have to do with me? I think we all need to return to God. Non-Christian, Christian, we all need to return to God every day, right? And so that's why it says in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 24, He himself bore our sins on a tree that we might die to sin and live for righteousness. We might understand that line and we might not cross it. We won't go and, 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 and walk around in iniquity, but instead walk in righteousness. And this is the challenge for the church, is that as believers, we got we to recognize that at the cross, we have every motivation to live righteous lives. We have every motivation to live righteous lives. And so the power that comes for us to live righteously, it comes from Jesus. And it comes from the fact that he's carried your burdens, my burdens. Our burdens, all of our burdens. Jesus carried our burdens so that we would never have to carry them again. Will you let, will you trust that Christ has carried your burdens? And will, would you, will you believe in his grace and his love towards you? Let's pray. Lord, I just thank you for your word, which is so true. We all need a Savior. We all need one who can carry our burdens. And Lord God, almighty, holy, perfect, the one who created all the universe, you're the one who came down to us in a manger and lived a perfect life and died on the cross was crushed and was pierced to carry the, the weight of our griefs and sorrows and our sin and guilt. And I pray for anyone here who is just on that verge of trusting you. I pray, Lord, that today is a day of salvation. It would not leave this place without placing their trust and faith in Jesus Christ. So God, please do that for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen.